Good afternoon, New York, and the rest of our listeners around the globe. My name is June Stoyer, and I'm the host of the Organic View Radio Show. Our podcast is available on iTunes, Zoom, and you can also visit our website at www.theorganicview.com. If you'd like to be on the show or would like to find out about sponsorship opportunities, please contact us at questions at theorganicview.com. Today's show is sponsored by coronatools.com, the nation's leader in garden and landscaping tools. Listeners of The Organic View can receive 20% off their coronatools.com purchase by using the coupon code ORGVIEW. That's O-R-G-V-I-E-W. For more promotional offers, please visit our website at www.theorganicview.com. And don't forget to check out our contest section. Recently, the United States Department of Agriculture published a survey about honeybee health, which has created quite a stir from bee health advocates as well as beekeepers. The survey implies that honeybee populations are increasing. Meanwhile, beekeepers are expressing concerns about the interpretation of this data. On today's show, Mr. Joshua O'Rear, an agricultural statistician with USDA, National Agricultural Statistics Service, will be joining me to discuss this survey. His current duties include preparing the estimates for the honey, honeybee colonies, and cost of pollination reports. So I'd like to welcome to the show, Mr. Joshua O'Rear. Good afternoon, Joshua, and welcome to the show. Good afternoon. Happy to be here. Thank you for taking the time to join me today. This survey has created, if I can use this word, created quite a buzz in not only the beekeeping community, but it's created quite a discussion. So I think conversation is very important, especially when discussing any type of data. What I'd like to do is begin by asking you if you could explain why the survey was assembled and who were the parties involved. And also, if you could tell us who is responsible for the analysis of the numbers and the release of the figures to the media. The report started when we were working on the uh, Pollinator Research Action Plan, as, which was a document produced by USDA and the EPA. It happened underneath the previous administration, and we were asked to find out the percentage of loss for honeybee colonies. The USDA has set a goal of an overwintering loss of 15%. When the EPA and the USDA released the Pollinator Research Action Plan in uh, 2015, it was requested that USDA NAS do a survey to estimate the number of honeybee colony losses in the U.S. We went in after doing the Honey Report, which is a data series we have going back to uh, the 80s, and produced this new quarterly colony loss survey where we select a panel of about 3,500 beekeepers and follow them throughout the year. We find out where they were in the U.S., what losses they had, what ads they had, and we also ask them a number of questions involving different stressors on colonies. So we worked through there, and that's where this honeybee colonies report comes from. It's the findings of that survey. The National Agricultural Statistics Service is USDA's data collection and dissemination branch. We release a report almost daily on pretty much any agricultural commodity you could think of. So we are the ones that are going out speaking to farmers and agricultural operations in order to collect data from them and publish reports on things like yields, prices, and acreages, or in this case, where we do things like honeybee colonies, uh, the price of honey, honey production, honey yield, and, of course, colony loss and the cost of pollination. The data from this report is collected by our 12 regional field offices from the people that are sampled for our survey. 
each region is in charge of developing their estimates for the region. They submit it to me in headquarters. I give it once over again to go through the analysis of the whole U.S., and I'm the one that prepares a report using these numbers. What is the level of confidence for the NAS figures? Uh, NAS does not publish a confidence interval, if that's what they're asking about, uh, for most of our statistics. Uh, we use a variety of uh, data sources, the first and best one being the survey results we get back, but we may look at that result several different ways. We will also review any other data we have in order to come up with our final estimates for numbers. So we don't publish when one would consider a confidence interval. Thank you. Tom Theobald submitted this question. The colony count reported for April 2016 was 2.8 million colonies. The count for April 2017 was 2.89 million colonies. Is a 3% increase from 2.8 million to 2.89 million statistically significant or does it fall within the range of chance? Again, we don't release a the coefficient of variance on that or any other confidence interval, so we, we couldn't say on those particular numbers. Thank you. In 2016, colony numbers were counted in January, April, July and October. Will those same months be reported for 2017? And if so, what are the figures for July? We plan on continuing doing the survey in a quarterly basis. We find that the best way to get the most amount of accurate data with the lowest burden on our resources and on the beekeepers. Uh, so we do plan to do all four quarters again. Um, we don't have anything from July yet because that data won't be collected until the uh, beginning of the next quarter in October. Thank you. Is there anything that, since you have the opportunity to talk about the data, is there anything that you could share with our listeners to help them understand you know, what your goals are considering your responsibilities? I would question if they had read the report um, as we give both a quarterly loss and quarterly added colonies uh, with every quarter. Um, so you can see in the numbers that we're publishing the amount of effort that's going in to create these new colonies that we publish. Josh, can you explain in more detail what is involved with your process as far as producing these surveys? The Honeybee Colonies Report does publish a lot of interesting information in it that I think sometimes might be misinterpreted. We strive to publish a our numbers in terms of quarters. I think a lot of people are very familiar with sort of seasonal losses, which we don't publish anything in terms of a seasonal number. We do it in quarters and then allow the data user to use our numbers to calculate in the way they feel would best represent uh, what they're trying to do. Uh, so for example, when we look at one quarter, we, we tell you how many colonies are in the U.S. Uh, at that quarter and by state. We then show the movements of colonies between states we look at the lost colonies. We then do added colonies. So when beekeepers are doing their splits or adding colonies to their operations, we're showing that number to show the amount of work that's going in to, to rebuild these numbers. Uh, and then we also have a what we call renovated colonies, which is a, a term that I think only we use. But we thought it was important to show how many colonies were being requeened or either receiving a nuclear package to help boost the numbers of the colony. Uh, so those are sort of the basic numbers on the report in regards to the numbers of honeybee colonies. Does your agency have any intentions of including more detailed information regarding specific stressors, such as the impact of neonicotinoids? The data we publish on stressors is coming directly from the beekeepers themselves. We question uh, the beekeeping operations 
Uh, how many of their colonies are affected but not necessarily lost due to the following factors? Um, so when we're collecting that data on varroa and pesticides, it really depends on what data can be reported to us by the beekeeper. NASA does not maintain a lab or uh, we don't do any follow-up testing on that. This is, this is fully based on what's being reported to us by beekeepers. So if they're not uh, fully aware what's affecting their colony, they may be putting it as unknown. Uh, or they may not always be accurately putting everything in there uh, because it, there may be some factor in there of the beekeeper not understanding what's truly affecting their colony. Uh, in terms of NAS going forward, um, that's sort of outside of our realm. Uh, so at the moment, we don't have any plans to expand that because, again, it's, it's, it's fully based on what beekeepers are able to report to us. In addition, does your agency have any intentions of including any information about the actual growers because you have the beekeepers on one hand but the crops that they're pollinating you know that's the other part of it last year we published the cost of pollination report which gave the per acre and per colony price uh, for pollination for various crops across the u.s and we plan on publishing that report again this december thank you we've received numerous communications from our listeners in regards to the status of honeybee health populations in America. And I guess the best way to put this is there's an impression that the public is seeing this as everything's fine, there's no issues with their honeybees, and we know that that's not the case. So what would you suggest to our listeners as far as any type of additional research or exploration? Well, it's hard, it's hard for USDNAS to come out with a trend yet, as this is only the second report in the data series. So we don't really know what a baseline is yet for U.S. Uh, for US honeybee numbers. We have published in the past uh, numbers as part of the Census of Agriculture, which does a total inventory in the U.S. on December 31st. Uh, but unfortunately, from this data series, it's, it's just too new for us to see anything really emerge. Um, I think it is important to note that Throughout the year, we do see increases and decreases, um, and that we publish a, our loss numbers in terms of the quarter. Uh, so when people say see things such as an increase in numbers, and they still wonder, well, how how could you go up if honeybees are dying? Well, if you look within the quarterly data, you'll actually see that there's sometimes very uh, very large losses, such as uh, October through December 2016 had a 17% loss. Uh, that's just colonies that had died. Uh, so I think it's important that when they when people review our report that they make sure they're they're seeing everything in there. Thank you. Josh, I just want to say thank you so much for taking time out of your very busy schedule to come on the show and to provide our listeners with a more in-depth explanation of what this survey entails. I really appreciate your time. Thank you very much. And, folks, thank you for tuning in. Please check out the companion article, which will appear on theorganicview.com. Thank you for tuning in. This has been June Stoyer with the Organic View Radio Show. Have a great afternoon.